0: Hi, and welcome to the American Mill Spouse Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Smith. I'm really excited to introduce you to Anna this week. Anna is an Air Force spouse whose husband is a staff sergeant with the Civil Engineering Squadron in South Carolina. And Anna's journey is the epitome of a mill spouse when it comes to all things career and volunteer. Anna started out in retail and now works for the USDA, and she's learned some really cool things along the way that I'm so excited to share with all of you. So be sure to check her out on our website at theamericanmillspouse.com. And you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the American Spouse. Enjoy the episode.
1: I'm Anna Kearney. I was actually born and raised in Australia. My dad's Australian and my mom's American. I obviously have a very American accent, but there's a couple things that I still hang on to. My mom would actually be horrified if I ever said mom, so I always have to say mom. And there was a large chunk of time that we lived in Asia as well, and then we went back to Australia for a while. And then when my parents divorced, my mom is from California, so we moved to California. And I've, as of a couple weeks ago, I've been in the States for 16 years, so more than half my life at this point So I went to high school and college in California, and then I met my husband online, Dan, and Mm -hmm. we then kind of rendezvoused in Seattle, that's where he was stationed at McCord, and we were there for a really long time, and then we came to Shaw
0: um, in South Carolina like two years ago, so... Okay. So did you go, you lived in Seattle as well with him or you just meet him up there?
1: No. Yeah. So I, so we, he was in Korea when we met online and we chatted for a while, but I was still working on my degree. And so he then got stationed at McCord and I had a couple months left until I graduated. And so we kind of did like long distance, like we became official then and kind of did long distance. And I had a job lined up out of school that was willing to send me to Seattle so that was kind of like a bonus to have a job out of college so um but when I moved up to Seattle um Dan had left for a deployment two weeks prior so I was actually there for six months like doing my thing you know like working like living on my own and then he came home six months later and we like immediately moved in together and we had if I think back (laughs) about it we'd only really spent 10 or 11 days in person together throughout our relationship and then we just like moved in together right away that's and awesome. then got engaged like soon after that but it was yeah, it was kind of wild
0: <laughs> that is wild but that's also so very military from the very beginning i know just not yeah like book, just you do what makes sense for you at the time
1: yeah totally yeah
0: how'd you like seattle
1: I loved Seattle. I had this weird draw to wanting to live there even before I knew Dan and like before he was stationed there. I was kind of set on going there. So I had, I had talked to my job and I you know, I'd been doing this program with them through college and it was like, look, if you stay with us, you can kind of have a job and potentially go where you want. And so I'd already put it in that I'd want to be up there. So and I'd gone up there on trips and really loved it. I'm one of those really strange people that loves the rain. I Like, hate the heat. Living in the south is like not my jam. (laughs) Um, I hate the heat. I really like the cold. I love the rain. So, I really enjoyed it. And a lot of Seattle has a total misconception that it's raining all the time. It's really not. Mm -hmm. It's lovely. Um, The outdoors are really great. And Dan and I like to be really active. So, you know, we would take advantage of that a lot. Yeah, I mean, we were really happy there. We were there for. Five, he was stationed there for five years and we were kind of at that point ready for a change mm-hmm. just to be potentially closer to family and, you know, spread his wings and his career and, like, things like that, so. Okay. But we loved it. What does your husband do? He works for the Civil Engineering Squadron. There's a lot of different shops when it comes to that squadron, so he's in the water and fuels system maintenance. So, in, like, civilian terms, he's basically a plumber, which is very, very helpful around the house but it's a a lot more than (laughs) it's a lot more than that it's fire suppression systems water treatment like when you go on a base like your water treatment is taken care of by the civil engineering squadron if they're doing any building or maintenance like it's all done through them they've got you know construction even you know pest control and electricians and hvac guys and stuff so he's really enjoyed it um but currently he's actually on a special duty at Shaw so he actually got to stay at Shaw which was a total bonus and he's a dorm leader so he'll be doing that position for three years and he's just in the dorms it's actually still part of civil engineering but Mm -hmm. yeah he's just a leader for the young airmen that are coming to all of our bases so that's
0: cool so is that almost like um like an RA type thing for like the civilian
1: yeah like I I think yeah it's just a lot of you know it's like move in and out inspections. It's obviously like putting out fires when it comes to any issues that roommates may be having or crises mm. that they might be having. They they run a couple of, um, they've got these, he calls it bay orderly. It's the guys that come to our base and they like, can't go to their squadrons yet. And so they basically do this kind of period of time at the dorms where they're, you know, helping with maintenance and tree trimming and doing kind of Mm -hmm. the things that are on the big to-do list so it's managing those it's it's really just like managing people is Mm -hmm. kind of the gist of it so
0: yeah your families are they near Shaw now my mom and my
1: stepdad are in um southern california still but my my in-laws dan's parents and his sister as well are both in charlotte which is less than two hours away Mm -hmm. so it's it's it was such a we did a um, base of preference move to come to Shaw and it was our first choice just because of the proximity to his family and we couldn't believe that we got it because we would tried for a BOP sev- for several years out of McCord and didn't get anything so it was a it was a nice surprise and and we're hoping to stay here for the rest of his career because he okay. just enlisted for the last time so okay yeah. can you explain what that means a base of preference move? So a base of preference move is, it's it's essentially your dream sheet, but it's, there's certain criteria that you have to have to even qualify to do one. And most of it is basically like you've been at your base for four years or more. You obviously have like a good record and pass all your PT tests and you do all the, you know, you have to be like a good airman Mm -hmm. and you just submit a list, but obviously you should submit a list of you know bases that are available and that have openings for your rank and your field, and so, you know, with the help of leadership, we like went through that and then basically just put I think six bases that we were interested in going to, and mm-hmm. you submit it and you just kind of wait. And sometimes they come back and they say, "No, nah, we're not giving you anything. You can stay," or they mm-hmm. say, "Oh, we'll give you your fourth option," but you don't really have a choice to deny it so mm. the fact that we got our first choice we were like yes and just,
0: like, awesome. so on. prior to that anytime you done it they had just basically told you to stay at McCourt okay. yep
1: yeah we and we had tried there's there's two kinds of there's multiple cycles that come out it's every quarter and so it would be like mm-hmm. for you you know continental usa bases and then like the next quarter would be for the overseas listing basically oh, interesting. But we okay. would try for both like we were trying to go overseas or we were trying to I mean, which obviously would have been further away from home, but we'd love to take the opportunity. So, but, oh, sure. um, just for the
0: experience, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you know, like I traveled a lot in my childhood. So, I, I, I don't think we probably will go overseas, but I wished we could have maybe done that for our kids. So, sure. We'll see.
0: And what yeah. to go back to that, what brought you to Asia? Was that just your parents' work or what? Yeah, so you all that travel. Yeah, it's weird cuz
1: everyone always thinks oh was it military and, it's, and it wasn't. He was in retail in like large retail chains in Australia it was called David Jones and he got recruited by basically an Asian equivalent which took us to Kuala Lumpur. We were there for a couple of years. I don't really have vivid memories of that cuz I was pretty young and then we went to Hong Kong after that and I have lots of memories of Hong Kong and really loved it. It was really interesting. My my older siblings actually came back to australia when we were in hong kong and they did boarding school which is like really common in the country in general and so they would come to hong kong to visit us when school was out but in general they were back in australia and then we came back to australia after that and we all together for a while so
0: yeah that's so neat it's actually funny yeah. too i worked for jc Penney's home office for a while and okay. when i worked there the buyer on our team actually got recruited to I believe and I could be wrong but I believe it was the Kmart equivalent in Australia and she so she actually left our team and went to Australia so for retail so
1: that's I used to I remember when we were first like dating and married I'd be like what is there in Australia are there any bases and there's really there's very minimal Air Force uh, bases there Mm -hmm. and I think like the only actual Air Force equivalent jobs there's like something at the embassy or, like, the post related to the, like, to the mail, basically, oh, but, like, not in Dan's profession, and I'm like, dang it, uh-huh.
0: like, I was no way I that we could get there. I think I've heard of one person ever who yeah. went to Australia through the Air Force, and it was not someone I knew well or anything, but I can have yeah. one memory of really ever even hearing a murmur about Australia. Within
1: yeah, I know there's quite a bit of Navy, like, there's Navy there and stuff, okay. but, yeah. Okay,
0: would you like to go back yeah. if you could?
1: I think like I've always at this point I think like maybe in retirement I would love to if anything I would I would love to travel there more just to like visit. I mean the last time mm-hmm. I went home was in 2018 and before that I hadn't been home since 2009 so it was okay. you know like a 9 year gap and then it's been 2 years now but it's it's very expensive to live there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I think we're we kind of have plans to move to um upstate New York which is where Dan is originally from when he retires. So I think we'll probably like settle there. But I mean, it's always on the radar to mm-hmm. to, to maybe go back. But sure. yeah, and I have dual citizenship, so I can still go yeah. back and forth as I please. That's so. very
0: cool. We're not really even at that chapter yet. But even just the idea of having complete autonomy in where you live is a little overwhelming. The fact that yeah. it's like, oh, I could see myself here, 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 which is Great from a military's perspective because if they send us to kind of any one of those areas, yeah, great. That's theoretically you know top of our list. But when it comes down to it, and it's no longer being dictated, that's sort of daunting for us because yeah, it's
1: really it's yeah, it's weird to think about being able to go wherever we want, like, Mm -hmm. and being able to settle wherever we want because you know we're, I mean, obviously we choose this life, but you're kind of at the mercy of the air force, and Mm -hmm. I mean we're hoping to stay here for the next seven years but anything anything can happen Mm -hmm. like that's the whole you know that should just say the air force like anything can happen so don't get your hopes up
0: that's totally true so you mentioned a little bit about the job that you took you know out of college and went to Seattle are you still working was that the same USDA that you work for now or was that something different no
1: so so similar to kind of, I guess, what you were doing and what my dad was doing. I, I was in retail through high school and college. I was with Ross for a really long time and they had this really awesome management training program. And it was partially like, hey, we'll let you work part-time, finish your degree, but we're like also going to train you for this. And so um, they put me through like this, this management program. And then the whole thing of completing that was, okay, when you graduate, we'll give you A management position Mm -hmm. so that was when I moved to Seattle I was with them in Seattle for a while Um, it got a bit tricky because I was heavily commuting to the store that I was assigned to and I was over an hour away from base and we were trying to be closer to base and so I ended up leaving Ross and I went to Target for a couple years and that was really great it was so different from Ross because the store volume is just a total 180 I mean when you talk about sale volume and stuff, it was, Mm -hmm. it was a shock. But then it kind of got to the point after that for a couple more years that, you know, we wanted to start a family. We wanted to spend time with our family. And I mean, in the retail world, uh, you're working nights, you're working weekends, you're working all the holidays, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing, there's no traditional time off when it comes to like Thanksgiving or Christmas or anything. So I decided to leave Target without any prospects, which was scary. And then I found out I was pregnant like a couple of weeks later. So that okay. was extra, kind of uh, an extra shock. But then I got very lucky and I got a job on base. I ran the thrift shop okay. at McCord, which unfortunately Shaw doesn't have a thrift shop. But so McCord, I have been told is the largest thrift shop in all of the bases Wow. In in the states basically and so if anyone visits visits mccord they have to go see it because it's incredible and they also um partner with they used to partner with the spouses club but now they actually stand alone they raise on average i think like thirty thousand dollars for scholarships every year um and all the scholarships go yeah so all the scholarships go to spouses or children of spouses that are like furthering their education so it was really that was and and the craziest thing with that job too, is, is there was a couple paid positions, like a couple managers and a custodian, but everyone else was volunteers and right. most of them were retired military or spouses. And it was incredible. Like some of my volunteers had been there 40 years, you know? Wow. So Wow.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Holy yeah. God. That was
1: a really, I mean, I was so lucky to, you know, I was living on base, working on base. Like it was, I mean, it was, Great for like our family structure,
0: right? Especially to come from retail hours and the commute. Yeah, I'm sure that was especially. Yeah, I
1: mean, I was still I was still doing like management and retail basically, Mm -hmm. but it was just like so much more manageable for my family, and like I also felt really good doing the work and raising Mm -hmm. the money and stuff. So it was it was great. It was really cool. But then we moved, and I somehow got lucky with this with my current job, which is with the USDA. So I mean I'm lucky to have that as a federal position.
0: So Yeah, that's great. What do you do? What do you do for them?
1: So the USDA is massive. Our branch is called the Farm Service Agency. So we specifically like we I'm in the Sumter County office. So we are here to help Sumter County farmers when it comes to any programs that come out of Washington's. So anything that comes out of the Farm Bill, anything that comes down the pipe when it comes to trade agreements that potentially affect cost of crops. We actually currently have a coronavirus relief program because a lot of our farmers were affected by like the what happened with the market, basically, when coronavirus was mm-hmm. at its worst. So it's a lot of that, but it our office is completely voluntary, so the farmers aren't required to come to us, but it benefits them in a lot of ways for funding, but then also their insurance usually requires some kind of participation, so.
0: Mm, but it's been interesting. really
1: interesting. It's like nothing I've ever done before when I <laughs> came yeah. from retail and my degree is in communication. So it's like not even <laughs> like close. Total, but,
0: um, total mill Spouse situation there though. I feel like yeah. the maps of people's careers too, I know. if you try to date that back to their degrees, is just yeah. like- Totally. Yeah. Wonderful. If you like look
1: at my resume, like, why does my resume look like this? Oh, like that's yeah. right. Like,
0: I know. I feel like it just to yeah. be like big bold letters at the top somewhere, and just like married to the military. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Caution. Yeah. That's really cool, though. That is a total left turn, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. What are like what are some of the big things you've learned from that? From because that just seems like a totally different world.
1: Yeah. It's just it's it's almost really like humbling. I think. A lot of people don't, and I was totally one of those people, like you go to the grocery store and you get corn or bread or like whatever. And somebody is growing that and harvesting it. And I mean, these farmers, it's 24-7 mm. job. It's, you know, it's worse than retail. It's like, you know, 24-7, 365. I don't think a lot of people realize like, it's not, it's not terribly lucrative and If something happens like a natural disaster, like you're, I mean, you're kind of at a loss and our, our department helps to like supplement some of that loss, especially in like, if it's a disaster zone, you know, like a hurricane, like we have hurricanes down here. So like, we'll have assistance when it comes to like hurricane relief and stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's a really hard job. And like a couple of weeks ago, I went out on a farm and was doing like a corn harvest and he's one of our massive producers and so he has a lot of equipment and he has a lot of resources and so he's pretty successful but i mean a lot of them are not like that you're talking small small field numbers old equipment small equipment and it's just i don't know it's in, it's sad too because a lot of a lot of my farmers you know and i'm i'm speaking for south carolina that's all i know basically since i've been with the agency but a lot of them are older and their kids don't want to continue doing it because it's like an insanely hard business and they and it's not that obviously it's not that everyone wants to make a ton of money but i mean it's it's a hard living
0: a lot of um, and from not as much reward as yeah added.
1: and i you know it's it's scary to think that potentially in a couple decades like a lot of those generational farmers are going to be gone and like who's going to be farming basically and unless there's kind of a turn in I don't know, funding or resources or productivity for a lot of younger people that would be appealing for them to start farming. I think it's something that kind of scares me when I think of like food production and like having enough food for everybody and stuff, but that's when my yeah. mind goes, you know, down the rabbit hole and stuff. So but
0: Yeah. Um, so would you say most and this might this is this will show my complete ignorance. I grew up in Indiana, so you would think I would know more about farming than I do, but I know nothing. Are most farms run by small families? I mean, because obviously I know there are large corporations that produce, but do they tend to have? Yeah, so. Like, how does that work?
1: So, I mean, most of the ones that I interact with, it's like family owned. I mean, they have like, you know, names for their farm or like LLCs for their farm, but a lot of that is for taxes and insurance Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But I mean the the only thing is they're potentially is that they, you know, they do all the work, but then they sell their corn to another party. And that person then obviously goes to like produce X, Y, okay. and Z out of okay. corn or wheat okay. or whatever. But I mean, they're just, I mean, they're that first person that has to, they have to take all the risk when it comes to, they're buying the seed, they're buying fertilizer, they're renting equipment or, you know, obviously have a payment on some kind of equipment because equipment is insanely expensive. And then, you know, they have to do paid laborers and, and harvest. But then if a disaster comes through, all of that is gone and the buyer is meh, I don't, you know, I don't have to buy it because yeah. you don't have anything basically. So it's, it's a lot of risks for potentially no reward. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting. I've, kind of just it's just kind of changed my perspective on how how some people make a living and work and they're like some of the hard-working people i know and they're the same kind of people that will come by our office after a harvest and leave us a giant basket of whatever they just harvested for us to take home you know so it's been really nice to get to know them and and work alongside them and stuff so yeah yeah i, but- I hope to stay I'm I'm currently contracted so okay. basically every couple of months my contract is like I I got the job and it was it was um for 6 months and then a lot of things started happening and a lot of it is related to to politics and so the workload increased and so I got to stay and then I got to stay and then I got to stay so I've almost been there 2 years so I'm hoping okay. that I can continue to stay or potentially get like an actual permanent position but mm-hmm. I'm just you know, I'm grateful to have a job. So,
0: um, yeah. What are there any, is there any advice that you have for the random listener, myself included to best support those small farmers? Obviously I know you said a lot of times they're selling it to somebody who turns around and sells it to the grocery stores, all that kind of stuff. Instinctively, I think farmers markets, stuff like that. Is that how you support them? Are there other ways to help the, the farmer next door?
1: yeah I mean I think if if there's some you know the larger operation guys like they're obviously selling in like mass quantities so they're they're selling to the big operation people that are buying from them, but like our smaller guys, they're the people that are at at farmers' markets and we have this one farm locally that does like a weekly farm box you know with a yeah. total mixture of vegetables it's super affordable and it's obviously fresh and organic i've I've done it for a couple of weeks and I really enjoy it, but that's totally the kind of thing that buy local, buy small. Um,
0: yeah, that's especially a great point. The current, that was-
1: the current climate. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had a CSA
0: yeah. like that in North Carolina, and I loved it, and as someone who is abysmal yeah. so at eating my vegetables, it was the best, because it was like, here's a box, it's here, figure out how to cook it, and yeah. eat it, because yeah at the grocery store I would almost just like breeze past the whole section and yeah so that's yeah. a great point CSAs and we just moved so I should totally look into whether or not there's anything like that nearby because they did that yeah was got me to eat a vegetable every once in a while so yeah <laughs> that's really cool thank you for sharing about that because that's just like I said a world I know nothing about and is fascinating and it is the- it's, been,
1: it's been really interesting I'm I learned something new like constantly and it's ever changing and adapting and yeah, it's been a really cool challenge and I'm, I'm hoping to stay with it and mm-hmm. you know, hopefully even beyond the air force when we're settled somewhere. But,
0: um, yeah, that's so cool. And good. how neat to find a passion in that, especially as a fellow, yeah, without knowing, it. Yeah. How, you know, like we, we think <laughs> I it's going to go one way. So that's really cool. I know most of our interviews have been, as I mentioned before, just, Kind of getting started here within our community a lot of people I've known that sort of thing and therefore have been specifically pilots but also largely officers yeah. so are there can you tell me a little bit about your experience on the enlisted side if there are any major differences in experience that you've noticed or just anything really sh- share yeah. that side of the world with me
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's funny because when I when I became like a military spouse and I've always tried to be like really involved within the squadron or within the base and stuff, I you know immediately joined the spouses club which I've always mm-hmm. enjoyed and it was interesting learning that it used to be two separate clubs like this was at McCord mm-hmm. um, there used to be an enlisted spouses club and an officers spouses club and then they you know joined them and so I never knew any different of kind of like the separation and so mm-hmm. we were all just this great melting pot of different ranks and different jobs and and all of that so i i don't know if i don't know if i noticed much of a difference yeah. because when we were in those events and doing things we were just military spouses mm-hmm. kind of like leave it at that and we were had all different experiences and had been in certain longer or had been the service member or you know so I enjoyed the company and and I think a lot of you can sometimes hear that thing of like well I don't I'm not my husband's rank I'm Mm -hmm. I'm myself kind of thing and and especially like when you're in your group of friends so Mm -hmm. I kind of I don't know yeah I haven't really seen a difference I have like Mm -hmm. a total if I think about my friends like I have a mix of friends that are married to officers and friends that Mm -hmm. aren't and high ranking enlisted and new airmen and stuff so
0: yeah yeah well and I think that it's funny because when we were in when my husband was in pilot training that was as we were we got married during that time and we were trying to get a house on base and all the officer housing was full and that was the one place and experience where we were like, well, there's housing, enlisted housing fine. Yeah. There, it was like a great divide, a yeah. Literal yeah. divide between the two. And it was the so weird. We we're like, it's, <laughs> my parent, my dad was enlisted Marines. It's like, I don't know. It's just right. There's no difference. I mean, obviously, and of course everybody yeah. knows there's no difference in like the people, but the fact that they would create such a difference in, in the rank was so odd to me. And Yeah, I I was, I was glad
1: that I, I was glad that I wasn't part of like a club that was like that. I feel Mm -hmm. like I really wouldn't have vibed with, oh, that sounds weird. Like it's two separate, you know, and at Shaw, it's the same thing. It's like a joined club, Mm -hmm. but there is totally still that kind of, oh, this is, you know, I mean, there's even stuff at, you know, most bases have like a club and there's definitely Mm -hmm. like, you know, the officer's bar and, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. I I think that was at McCord, but yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. we just have like a lovely mix of friends. So Good. we don't. Yeah. I don't really see a difference. I'm glad to hear. we all have kids. Our husbands like deploy. Like we all hey. have, I mean, it's, we kind of all have the same, we still have the same challenges. Like there's no difference in the challenges between enlisted spouses mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. officer spouses. Like it's the same. I mean, I believe it's, I mean, the friends that I have, we have the same, <laughs> the same challenges that we face together. So, you know, Yes.
0: Yeah. Completely yeah. agree. Completely agree. And how are you guys doing with that? Are you, do you work full time as far as right now with childcare and your kids and stuff? How are you managing that?
1: So when COVID first hit, our base really shut down, like really minimal manning, minimal, you know, we actually, we live off base. But uh, so my husband was actually home for about eight weeks and I was working full-time, but I'd say mainly teleworking. I went to the office like two days a week, but then there was only like one other person in the office and we're a very small office to begin with. So it was a challenge, but I mean, looking since we're kind of through it, not through it now, but like, at least more experienced with how everything's happened i'm just i was just so grateful that we had jobs so after the eight weeks dan went back to work and the cdc on base opened so the kids went back and it's it's still like mission essential only to be going back to work and to be having kids in the daycare so we've had no issues luckily like health-wise with them being back in daycare Mm -hmm. and i'm back at the office full-time but we don't, we don't allow anyone in our building. So if we do have meetings, we try to do it like on the phone or we try to do any work via email. But then if they do have to come by the office, because again, most of them are the older generation that
0: um, okay. aren't very
1: tech savvy, we we meet them outside the building and we do social distancing and like okay. masks and everything. So it, it was a challenge. But I think my, my husband did say that he, uh, you know, he's always as supportive as possible during deployments anyway. But I think the, the little taste of like full-time parenting, you know, while I was working, he just kind of said like, I totally, you know, appreciate everything that, you know, you have done in the past
0: and during mm-hmm. deployments and stuff. So mm-hmm. that was good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just different when you're in it. It's totally different when you're in it. And I know even for me, it's different when I'm in it, like, from one time of day to another, like when you're truly in it, when you have yeah. both kiddos and you're by yourself, it's just a totally different yeah. mental state than even, you know, two hours later when somebody's home and my husband's like, how was the day? My hindsight is always yeah. a little more positive. It was, it was the
1: first, you know, we've gone, we've gone through quite a few deployments together, but the first one after I had had my oldest son, Peter, was really difficult. Okay. It was, you know, being a first time parent, obviously, Like I said, I mean, he was as supportive emotionally as he could be being Mm -hmm. gone, but you know, you're not physically here. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: it was all of that responsibility of like making all those choices as a first-time parent, like, oh, is he so sick? I should go to the doctor or should I give him this medicine? Or is he going to be okay at daycare? Because I was, I was working even though Mm -hmm. he was deployed. And, you know, it was a lot of, I felt a lot of pressure being the sole provider basically but Mm -hmm. then this most recent deployment i had recently had our second son jack and i was just so much more confident in myself as a mother and i mean probably again just years of experience then as a military spouse as well with dealing with you know deployments and stuff i just had a the 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 first one with peter there was a lot of delays coming home and a lot of things that were happening that i it would you know i would just absorb all of that and be like oh well, I'm so upset he's not coming home now what am I you know what's gonna happen and the second one I was just like he's home when the plane lands right it, you know <laughs> and- at Columbia Air Airport, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, you know. Don't talk to me until your wheels on the ground. Like it's just. <laughs> so I didn't have any expectations, and I was a lot more like patient and calm. And ironically, this this last homecoming was like the smoothest it had ever been. He made like okay. every single plane, like nothing was delayed, uh-huh. nothing was like it was all just. I almost thought he was lying to me. I was like, "There's no way." Like, <laughs> so, yeah.
0: yeah. 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 You're right though. Just keep expectations low and allow yourself to be pleasantly surprised if possible. (laughs) Absolutely. Will you tell me a little bit about your key spouse award?
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm currently still a key spouse with the CE squadron here at Shaw, which I really like, but my award I earned at McCord. I got it at the base level. So you, I mean, you can progress through like winning at the wing level and then it goes like national and all those things. But okay. I was very, very pleased to win at, my, at the base level. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was just from my service to the squadron and some of the volunteer work that I had done through the thrift shop as well, that kind of spilled over to that. And Dan was the one to write my packet and submit it, which was nice to have your husband write all the amazing things that you do. So, yeah. Um, and the, I mean the, it was, it was a really fun night to receive like, my award and the the best part is that I got this epic eagle that's you know like on a flag and like (laughs) the whole thing and the big kind of joke is I mean my husband's been very you know successful and he has awards and coins and Mm -hmm. all those things but he doesn't have an eagle and and I have an eagle and so we always kind of think it's funny that you know I got this big patriotic thing and (laughs) And, you know, he's got, like, a million state cutouts and all,
0: right. <laughs> all right. the things that they always give them. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. So, congratulations. That's really cool. Thank I just, you. Uh, yeah. I am a, a brand new, newly minted key spouse. And so I'm now just kind of, Yay! it's funny, because we've obviously, you know, in our ops squadron, we had them. We were a pretty big squadron. So we had, I could be totally wrong. I want to say we had, like, five key spouses. Yeah. Um. It just wasn't a really big thing, and so trying to learn the duties and also kind of learn like what it can be is, yeah. is interesting. It's exciting and it's yeah, cool there new... yeah. Sorry, a
1: big, a big part of having a successful program, in my opinion, is having like really supportive leadership because mm-hmm. it's it's really kind of a team effort. And so mm-hmm. there's been times where the program has you know I've felt like the program has suffered potentially mm-hmm. or you know because of X, Y, and Z, but you know, when you have leadership that's really supportive of what you're doing and encourages other people to use you as a resource and stuff, like it's a really fun kind of place to be. And I mean, obviously there's serious aspects of the position that we potentially could encounter and that like I've encountered in the past, but Mm -hmm. in general, it's, It's always been really fun. You know, we do a lot of stuff, obviously family-oriented Christmas parties and things for the kids. And when babies are born, it's like really exciting. And we try to make it special. And then Mm -hmm. obviously like meal trains to support spouses and stuff. But yeah, it's, I I like doing it. And I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a time commitment, but I mean, unless something majorly is going on, it's, it's totally manageable. Mm -hmm. So I encourage a lot of people to try and do it just because it's, I don't know, it's just another, you know, it's another way to give back in a really small way, but yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. and we've got new new leadership in our squadron too. So they seem really eager to do good things, which is cool. So That's I awesome. feel like my husband teases yeah. me because I've I've typically always worked. And then after our second was born, a couple of, I guess she was almost a year old, now that I think about it, that I decided to stop working. And then yeah. went back part-time for a little bit earlier this year and then that just didn't make sense for us. And then started this podcast. And so after I stopped working, I was like, I'm just gonna stop. We're gonna be closer to family. We yeah. are going to we were out in the desert in the middle of nowhere. And I think that was a lot of what led me to be like, I gotta start working again because it would just me. Sure. And um so yeah, we're gonna be closer to things to do, family, all that good stuff. So I'm not gonna work. And that was our plan and then <laughs> within you know i don't know 30 days i like started a podcast yeah became keys fast became a yeah. treasure i was like this is this is you not working Confirm. <laughs> i'm like yeah i'm just yeah. not getting paid for it's anything.
1: still you know it's important to have some kind of outlet whether that's like work or the podcast or yeah. like whatever it is mm-hmm. like it's you know i mean i know i have a lot of friends that are stay-at-home moms and they absolutely love it and that's fine and mm-hmm. but i like I always say, like, you still need, like, the tiniest
0: little thing for yourself. It's so true, and for everybody that's different, like, what that is is different, and I completely agree. yeah. That's where I've been so lucky to have had this wild hair and chased it to do the podcast because, yeah, it's been so fun, and it has really thus far kind of filled that void for me. And yeah, as far as as much as I guess anything that's not gonna pay you anything can do. I don't know, but you know, it's just right. it's a way to yeah. play, like, producing something, talking to grownups, using my brain, learning new stuff, yes. that kind of stuff. So, so it's been so <laughs> adult conversation. Truly, though, and even yeah. the funny thing is, you know, a couple of those first ones, stuff, especially I chatted with longtime friends and even yeah. so talked about things we we never talked about or it, you just yeah even when you get together and intend and, and you often do have these great conversations you don't sit down with a list of questions or dig into your yeah. life experiences or yeah. whatever so it's been super yeah. cool to, like you said especially to find those threads that we're all so connected in the things that we all yeah and enjoy all that good stuff so been really fun. On a related note, what have you mm -hmm. learned about yourself since becoming a military spouse? I think it's,
1: it's really just like, you know, being resourceful and creative to get things done. Because I think, Mm -hmm. you know, especially if you, at least for me, like when you throw a family into the mix where, you know, you're home with kids, like I had to learn how to kind of quote unquote, do it all right, like work and make sure the house was like so, somewhat maintained and then like take care of peter when he was little and 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 the same thing on this recent deployment but times two and so i think there's that side of it but then also just having like empathy for yourself when it comes to like having a crappy day or just forgiving yourself for i don't know leaving the dishes for the night or something because you mm-hmm. want to Go to bed that early or whatever, mm. but but then also empathy for others because you've literally been through separation and and I think that's probably the hardest part of the lifestyle. Like I I don't mind the moving. I know a lot of people they miss their families a lot, and of course I miss my families, but it's kind of like part of our situation, so we mm-hmm. ex- you know accept it. But yeah, I think I've just I've learned to be more creative. And resourceful with like what I have and the resources that are available to me, but then also just making sure that I'm not too hard on myself at the same time. Which is like a weird balance. So
0: no, totally. Absolutely. And I think especially when you are solo, sometimes it can be really easy to start to be really critical because yeah. I just feel like I get this running tally going of like things that I messed up that yeah. day and it's harder yeah. to pull yourself out of it when nobody just comes home and talks to you like a normal person or whatever it may be you just yeah or like picks up here. the slack when you're yeah. like where you need it and mm-hmm. stuff like yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah where it's yeah. like you feel like you're drowning and <laughs> when someone comes home and just takes out the garbage that's one thing you can check yeah. off but yeah you're just yeah. when it's all you all the time it can be really easy to just
1: yeah, uh, we you take. know it was it was a big change like in a lovely lovely way coming to South Carolina because this last appointment like Dan's family was so close and so it was so great having just even that like you were saying earlier like adult interaction they'd come yes. down and stay for the weekend and I was be able to talk to adults instead of my four year old mm. and like oh, sure. you know so there was that which was great and then like my mom. You know, she's in California, but she's always, you know, how can I support you? And she like got me a cleaner for six months that came every two weeks. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like this is the most amazing gift you could ever give me, like, you know, kind of thing. And so
0: Yeah, you know, anyone ever needs a gift idea, ever. Yes. That is always like that is
1: what people that or a gardener, like that is what military spouses need when their husbands are away. And it's and it's not that we can't do those things. Oh, sure. it's just like the priority list grows and grows that right. those kinds of things g- get pushed down and it's mm-hmm. just it's so helpful to have those kinds of resources and I'm like take that kind of help like I think I'm always one to I will definitely take any help that you want to throw my way but I know that there's some people that have pride when it comes to that but I'm like mm-hmm. no like take the help
0: you know enjoy it absolutely especially things like that when it's I always joke to my husband, I'm always a fan of just throwing money at the problem whenever possible. But you know, if you can, (laughs) if you can hire someone, if you can take something off your plate, that someone who who is offering you a service by all means. Can you tell me about a military spouse that has changed you?
1: Oh, I have a couple probably if I really think about it. You know, I've had these it's it's hard friendships right because we make these like amazing connections and then they move away and like whether they move far or really far like overseas <laughs> or something it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's what you decide to put into the relationship the effort that you choose and i have lovely friends that I think it's great that we like keep in touch, but we also don't have to talk like every day kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but it's just very much if I literally called them with a crisis, like they would be there, even if I hadn't talked to them for so long. And so I have a lot of friends that are lovely like that, but I think probably the one that changed me the most was my friend Katie. And she's currently um, in Masawa, Mm. um, Japan, and she's got twins, uh, like six-year-old twins and a three-year-old as well and oh. she just got this job and like I don't know if you know a lot about Misawa, but it's you know it snows like nine months of the year it's very isolated like northern Japan and jobs are very hard to come by for military spouses and she just got this job running youth sports for Misawa Air Force Base wow. and it's just like you know she's always been and she's a teacher by trade. And so she's just like, I don't know, she's super accomplished and like an awesome mom, but then like really down to earth with the realities of motherhood as well. And so it's like no judgment. You know, she was the friend that the when Dan came home, when Peter was little, you know, he was like 15 months old and he came home from deployment. And a couple weeks after he came home, she's like, give me the baby for the weekend. Why don't you guys go to Portland? And so we went down. To Portland for basically kind of 24 hours because that's all we could really handle without him. But
0: um, you know, she was like, "Hours is gold."
1: <laughs> I know it was amazing. Yeah, so it was you know she's just always been super supportive and mm-hmm. in my corner, and I'm just like, impressed by everything she does with all the things that she has going on in life—kids and a husband and a job and everything. So yeah, that that's a that's a lifelong friend where you know we sure. still keep in touch and. I wish, I can't wait till she's back in the States.
0: So, yeah. 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 Cause that's stinking yeah. far. That's that's tough.
1: I know. Really far. Yeah. yeah.
0: We have a couple of friends who just, they've recently moved to the F-35 community, which has a base up in Alaska. And I'm like, don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't make me come visit you there, please. <laughs> Cause it's not oh my gosh. good. It's um, not
1: Dan, good Dan would go dan would go to alaska in a heartbeat he would he would love to go there but i mean so he he's from syracuse and i mean i'm pretty sure syracuse has like the most snow yeah in the u.s so
0: yeah we'll be there one day anchorage is great and i've heard nothing but good things about anchorage but then where the base they would go to is is i want to do like an eight or nine hour drive to anchorage and it's otherwise the two towns and then nothing Nothing. Yeah, and I actually I visited my husband on the TV private yeah. once and was. I didn't go into it knowing anything about it, so I didn't. I didn't go in with low expectations. I was just like, cool. I want to yeah. see Alaska, and it was you can never bring me here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will follow you it's, to the end of the earth, but I think this is like oh, yeah. yeah, like this is it. <laughs>
1: It's funny because we had we had finished like we visited Dan's family in Charlotte a lot. And Charlotte mm-hmm. is like a really cool city, like tons of stuff to do. Like yeah, pretty young demographic. It's like one of the fastest growing cities in the US. Okay. But then, you know, we're in this pretty small town of Sumter, South Carolina, and mm-hmm. we're about an hour from Columbia. Like we don't have a target here, which is like a big thing when sure. you know you think that you need that kind of thing, but it's yeah. weird because especially coming from somebody that used to work there it's like I don't even think about Target, <laughs> Target anymore but um <laughs> I mean we have everything you just kind of adapt to your surroundings mm-hmm. so I mean will we be here forever like probably probably yeah. not but mm-hmm. you know we're happy here for now and you know we bought our first house and Jack was born here so it's a lot of those memories that we'll always have for but sure. you know yeah. and the East Coast you kind of create new There's ones down so many
0: places you can go and so much near you on the east coast we love it we were in Boston for a couple years and just yeah would love to go back that would be
1: well even yeah even here in South Carolina like I mean Sumter doesn't have like a ton like in it's basically here but we're Mm -hmm. A couple hours to the mountains, a couple hours to the beach, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple hours to large metropolitan Charlotte kind of thing. So, I mean, it's definitely like accessible for all those things. You have to just be willing to,
0: you know, make those adventures happen. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is why sometimes sometimes a military family can enjoy a place more than a local because we're so used to that. A few, like we're 12 hours from family right now and we're like, we're so close to family. Yeah. Yeah. That is close. (laughs) It's totally manageable. We were like, we can get there in a day and a half. Like, that's great. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, last part, we'll move to our little kind of rapid fire section. So, tell me your favorite place you've ever lived. Probably Seattle. Okay. This is so exciting for me to hear that, too, because so my husband's a test pilot, and there aren't a ton of locations for test pilot jobs outside of the Air Force. Is there one at McCord? I don't know if it's McCord, but like Seattle. So I think like Boeing maybe is in Seattle or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So if you were to get out and try to keep doing test stuff at some point, Seattle is one yes.
1: of them. Yes. Technically, I guess McCord is, it's just south of Tacoma. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like Tacoma and then north is actual downtown Seattle. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, Boeing's like right there so yeah, it's
0: yeah it's um but that's great yeah. to hear because we don't we kind of have heard yeah. mixed things we were in boise for a while and love, love, loved it and so yeah the the pacific northwest in general is appealing to me so i'm glad that you like that. totally especially having yeah. to a number of pretty neat spots and
1: it and it's like and it's kind of a jumping off point for even you know, the West Coast, like, I mean, I would, true. I could fly home in less, like, it's like an hour and 20 minute flight to LA, like that's from Seattle. Stuff. And so I would go home mm-hmm. like pretty often. And Oregon has a ton of stuff to see. I mean, yeah. Washington alone has so much to see. And then you're so close to Canada. Like we went to Canada a couple times, true. like, you know, so that's true too. Yeah,
0: it was fun. It was that's good. Awesome. Well, let's decide then. We'll go live there. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where's the first place that you want to travel after COVID is done?
1: Probably California see my parents sure. and um my best friend is is there as well so okay. yeah go home yep i totally get that what yeah. is your favorite way to waste time oh i love to watch trash tv like anything on bravo basically, basically bravo really honestly <laughs> like so yeah all the housewives like all okay. that kind of stuff that's like awesome. my really embarrassing but don't really care
0: yeah how about Selling Sunset? Have you watched that? No. Okay. What is that? It's on Netflix. That's my current okay. um, trash binge. And by binge, like with kids, I'm on like episode seven over like three weeks, so it's not okay quickly, but yeah, it's good. It's like uh, yeah. My understanding is it's kind of like million dollar listing. You know, it's like super wealthy LA realtors. And stuff. Sure. It's it's trash, but that sounds good.
1: I love it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: add it to my list. (laughs) Yes, put it in the queue. Uh, Okay, tell me Mm -hmm. the biggest challenge of mill spouse life.
1: Mm, I think the biggest challenge is accepting a lot of things that come your way. You know, you just have to be, it's kind of what I said with this, you know, this most recent deployment, like you have to be completely flexible, which can be really challenging and sometimes awful. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to do it. But I think, It'll Mm -hmm. make it easier if you're just more open Mm
0: -hmm. to
1: the possibilities that can come and maybe it's not what you wanted, but you know, what if it creates something out of it basically? So I think that can be challenging because it's, it's hard to, to break free of that. Oh, well, this is disappointing or this isn't what we wanted or envisioned, but I've Mm -hmm. always, I've kind of always lived by the idea with the air force that everything is temporary. You look at it in the moment. It's, Oh, it's a year. Oh, it's two years. Oh, you know, my husband has seven more years left, but it's like, that's such a small blimp uh, like blip on our, on our radar of like our entire life basically. And Mm -hmm. so it's just everything is temporary and you'll, you'll
0: get through it. Yeah. It's hard to, I think sometimes for me, I feel like when I'm, when I'm scared or worried or whatever, my national yeah. my natural inclination is to try to take control or figure out what I can control mm-hmm. about something or how I can fix it or make a plan. Yeah. And that's yeah like the, yeah. the worst thing you can do for yourself in the military is to try to take control or try to make your own plan. And so yeah. I totally get that. And just having to be okay with rolling with the punches can mm-hmm. be Kind of. yeah yeah so what's your favorite thing about being a mill spouse?
1: Probably the opportunities that we've been given. I mean it's you know, would I have ever known or picked Sumter South Carolina? <laughs> like, pro- mm-hmm. Probably not, but I mean, I've already made some really great friendships here in the couple of years we've been here. I mean, I, again, it just all comes back to the opportunities that it presents, like we bought our first house here, so we will mm-hmm. always remember this time and stuff, so I think it it just kind of gives you opportunities that you would have potentially never had Um, Mm -hmm. would you have stayed in your hometown your entire life would you have never traveled would you have you know i think it's just it's it's like a a stressful like wonderful (laughs) combination of um, an adventure that you take and you know you obviously take
0: it with your partner and your family and yeah Mm -hmm. that's almost like the good and bad of it is that it takes you out of your comfort zone
1: totally yeah
0: Thanks again so much to Anna for taking the time to share some of her story with us. I also went ahead and put a link in the show notes for local CSAs. So if that's something you're interested in, go ahead and check that out. We'll talk to you next week.